the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All hail Ron DeSantis. Ron is the governor of Florida who was being called a madman for not having lockdowns, uh, vaccine mandates, or uh, mask mandates. And now, according to the New York Times, COVID tracker, Florida, Florida has the second lowest per capita COVID rate of any state, 12 per 100,000. That's behind only Hawaii with 9 per 100,000 as of October 18th. And he's not likely to be ordering kids to be putting on the mask anytime soon. If you listen to what his Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Latipo, said yesterday. I want you guys to step back for a moment from what you hear sort of constantly on TV. And just very briefly, in terms of the data that uh, that supports mask use in kids and mandates for masks in kids, it is very weak, and that's a fact. But there's a substantial gap between the quality of the data out there supporting masks in kids, yielding any benefit for kids whatsoever, factual, and the what we're hearing from some of our public health leadership in other states and nationally. In Florida, we're going to stay close to the data, and we're going to let you know how we feel about the data. And the data do not support any clinical benefit for children in schools with mask mandates. The highest quality data find no evidence of benefit. And and that's how, and we're gonna stick with that because that's what the data show. Um, and the other thing I'll just add is that, you know, as a parent, hearing the stories of other parents and what they're going through and seeing other parents around the country, these are impossible situations parents are being put in. Putting a mask, something on the face of your child, is, that's a parent's decision. It's not a school's decision. It's not a school board's decision. It's not a governor's decision. It's it's no one else's decision except for the parent. And parents are being placed in these impossible situations related to the health of their children. Um, I'm here to help support parents in in voicing how they feel their children should uh, should sort of present should be in the world. And I'm going to be here to to help with that to support that. Yeah, it's interesting. The U.S. Secretary of Education, he, he did like some tweet thread, like it was like a month ago, and he's like, see, follow the data on the mass. And he was citing, he cited a few studies. He cited one study from North Carolina, which said forced masking of kids work, but it had no control group because that was required in every school. So they just said it worked without comparing it against what if you didn't do that. And people pointed that out immediately. Then he cited a study from the university or from uh, Wisconsin about it. And the researcher who did the study immediately responded to the tweet and said, we found no uh, conclusive evidence on the force masking uh, and then and basically said that you should not use my study to do that. Yeah, so think about that uh, tomorrow morning when you put your kid on the school bus with a mask and knowing he's supposed to go sit in class there for, I don't know, six hours wearing a mask that does zero good for him, just tortures the kid. It's borderline child abuse anyway let's see how much coverage those covid numbers get in florida when we come back why are gas prices so high and how much higher uh, are they really going to get and in our second half hour we're going to talk to a woman who was attacked on a commuter train in philadelphia one day before a woman was raped while witnesses watched and recorded it on their cell phones stick around MyNicotineTest.com. That's the way to go if you are a smoker and you don't want to be a smoker anymore or if you know someone or someone in your family who has been smoking long enough that they are having a tough time quitting and who doesn't want to quit. Uh, MyNicotineTest.com is a uh, new uh, system for quitting uh, the, the habit. And it's got a quit rate of 70%. That's 70% success rate. It's, uh, it's something that was developed by the New York City Fire Department uh, t- Tobacco Program. 
And this, uh, the company, MyNicotineTest.com, was founded by the director of that fire department program. And uh, you can, what you do is you get a urine test. You do it on a urine test strip. And then uh, your test results are individualized, and it turns into your personal uh, your personal plans, personal chemistry with your smartphone. It guarantees the highest success, seventy percent. And right now, for a limited time, you can uh, get expert tobacco coaching free with your nicotine test purchase. If you have questions, call Nicotine Test at 1-800-45-SMOKE, S-M-O-K-E, 1-800-845-SMOKE. Leave a message if all tobacco counselors are busy, MyNicotineTest.com. There's one box that you'd run back into your burning house to grab. It's the box filled with your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Those sentimental, meaningful, irreplaceable moments. Hi, I'm Nick Mako. And I'm Adam Baselogger. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago so that we could help families save their memories from being destroyed by floods or fires. And it's not just natural disasters, Adam. Every day, videotapes and photos are slowly fading away, decaying, neglected in closets and attics. Digitizing your old media stops fading, and preserving those recordings means they are safe forever. It's like magic converting your shoebox of memories into digital files ready to watch and share. It's the only way to ensure your legacy is safe for generations. That's why over a million families have already trusted Legacy Box. Legacy Box is simple and easy, it works, and is safe. We'd love to preserve your family's collection. Don't wait. The risk is too great. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get started and save. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Sounds and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Dickie and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I would seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I'm not one of those, um, one of those people who's obsessed with the cost of a gallon of gas. And I've always been kind of amazed when the local news stations would tell you where you could go to save 10 cents a gallon, seeing as how uh, that would save you about a buck and a half for a full tank. But what's going on now is different. We're up to 3.45 a gallon around here, and there doesn't seem to be any reason to believe that it's not going to go higher. Anthony Watts is a senior fellow at Heartland Institute, and he joins us now. Anthony, thanks for being here. Oh, certainly. Hey, you know, I'm in California, and right now gas prices are hitting 4.50 to nearly $5 a gallon. So consider yourselves lucky at 3.45 a gallon there in Pittsburgh. Wow. Um, there's a, I saw there's a little town in California somewhere between San Francisco and L.A. I don't know. It's a, in a rural area. It's 7.50 a gallon. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I, the name I didn't of the see that, but I'm not surprised. Some of the smaller stations that are um, basically uh, out in the boonies where they've got a, a supply problem and they're the only one around, yeah, they're, they're taking advantage of it. But uh, you're right. Gas prices are getting really high and unsensible. Is it, is it possible to pinpoint any one thing or any one person uh, responsible for these prices going up the way they are? Well, you know, I would just lay it right at the feet of Joe Biden. I, I mean everything, really. And here's why. Think about this. Two years ago, we were an exporting nation for oil for the first time in decades. Under the Trump administration, we became essentially energy independent. We had surplus of petroleum and petroleum product, and we were exporting it for the first time in decades. Now, under the Biden administration, I literally within just, you know, a short amount of time of him becoming president back in January, on January 23rd, he signed the moratoriums uh, on new uh, leases for oil and gas drilling, and he, he canceled the, the Keystone XL pipeline that provide uh, oil transit from Canada down in, into the United States and for delivery to ports in Louisiana. Uh, you know, and he, the whole Biden administration has been climate crazy. They have this belief that if they just simply cut back all of the fossil fuel uses as best they can, that we're going to actually have the ability to affect the climate. And the bottom line is, is that this has been studied by other scholars. If we stop burning all the fossil fuels now, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. It really isn't. And uh, some of the models that have been modeling some of these climate claims about, you know, heating in the future are based on unrealistic and impossible scenarios. And unfortunately, that's what the media has been pushing. And I believe that's what the Biden administration believes. And I believe that they are basically hurting the American people with these policies. Well, Democrats uh, will tell you that Joe Biden uh, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline had nothing to do with it. I mean, what what is the case that they try to make when they tell you that? And is that a short term thing or a long term thing that they can? I mean, is it is it possible to say that that's that's not a short term effect on this? Well, it doesn't matter whether it's short term or long term. In my view, what it says is that the Biden administration is getting bearish on doing anything with oil, and so as a result, speculation about oil you know, oil futures and so forth, that puts the prices up because people that are in the business of producing and transporting oil know that it's going to get more expensive in the future. The speculators know this. And so the prices go up based on the assumption that we are going to see less available supply. It all goes back to the basic rule of supply and demand in economics. And this is, as you said, it's all about, it has to be uh, just selling out to the climate change uh, hysterics, uh, or, or can anybody make another legitimate reason that could be given for cutting back other than that? What what possible reason could somebody give? I don't have one, but Biden has made it clear in his statements and in the policy directives he's he's signed and so forth that this is all climate related. There's the belief that if we cut back in the United States, we're actually going to be able to affect the climate. Now. Uh, a professor uh, in Copenhagen by the name of Bjorn, Bjorn Lomborg has done a study that shows that even if we cut back tremendously, we're not going to have hardly any effect at all on the temperature in the future. And the other problem is, as I pointed out, some of the models that are used to forecast the temperature in the future are just plain out of sync with reality. There's one of them called RCP 8.5, which just had a study published last year that said this study won't work in the future. And this is by people who are actually climate proponents. They said we should stop using this model as a projection for the future because even if we were to burn every bit of fossil fuel on Earth, we still wouldn't get to the projections that this model is making. So the whole thing's based on hype and fear and on and, and, and reality. And so that's why uh, the Biden administration which seems to embrace hype, fear, and unreality, they're right on this, and they're trying to cut back fossil fuels. And so um, it, it just, it, uh, these people can't be that stupid that they think that by doing this it's, it's going to affect the, the change, uh, affect the change in the temperature of the planet. So what could their, what, what other motivation could they possibly have? I know you can't look into their minds, but 
if they must really believe that it's going to do some good. I mean, I hope they can't possibly be. They're either that stupid or they're that evil, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's not necessarily stupid or evil, but it's a combination of incompetence and noble cause corruption. Noble cause corruption is is something that came out of the police business, basically, that said, you know, we've got this guy, we've got him locked up, we know he's dirty, but we don't have enough on him, so I'm going to get my buddy to plant, uh, you know, some drugs on him or a weapon or whatever, and that will get us everything we need to keep him locked up. The same thing is happening in the climate business. These, there are people that actually believe we are uh, going to a planetary hell in a handbasket related to climate, and there's nothing we can do to stop it except extreme measures. They really believe this. They believe these computer model projections. And so in the, the noble cause for them is saving the planet. They are out there thinking they're doing something good, but the fact of the matter is they're not looking at reality. And the people that do look at reality, even some of their peers are saying, we're not ever going to get there. Even if we burn all the fossil fuels on the planet, it's not going to get that bad. The bottom line, from my perspective and the Heartland Institute's perspective, is yes, climate has changed over the past hundred years. Yes, it's gotten a little bit warmer, modestly so. But there's no crisis, and we don't have to respond in a crisis mode in order to address the issue. We just simply adapt. And we've been doing that for hundreds of years uh, throughout the, the world, adapting to changes in climate. Climate is not static. It has changed over millennia. We're talking to Anthony Watts. He's a senior fellow at Heartland Institute. Uh, and he's out on the West Coast where gas is uh, going up to getting close to $5 a gallon now. We are pushing three fifty here. Um, what would the, um, what would the short, short-term effect of the passage of Biden's $5 trillion plan uh, be on gas prices, do you think, Anthony? Well, that $5 trillion plan includes um, not just restrictions on production of energy, but it also includes new taxes. And so it's going to cost Americans through the nose, not only with the increase in prices of oil and oil-related products, but it's also going to increase the taxes, taxes per gallon and everything. So we're headed to, I'm guessing, within one year, oil hitting, not oil, but gasoline prices hitting as much as $8 to $10 a gallon in California and in the Midwest and in the East, somewhere between 5 and seven fifty. That's what I believe based on the current trajectory. And you're out in California and... Like it's five dollars, pushing five dollars a gallon now. You're saying it's going to be eight fifty to ten dollars a gallon. Are the people in California that um, that liberal and that idiotic that they would not riot if it, if the gas prices go to ten dollars a gallon, eight fifty a gallon, whatever? Well, I don't know about riot, but. I can say this, the people of California have become largely liberal, and a, yeah. a real litmus test happened when we had the recall election for Gavin Newsom. And even though Newsom has done things that are, you know, fit for a king in the sense of, you know, he's had his Marie Antoinette moments like let them eat cake uh, when he goes out to the French Laundry and has dinner while everybody else has to wear a mask and get delivery, you know, by DoorDash or Uber. Um, so... They didn't. It didn't seem to phase them. It didn't seem to phase them that they've got a leader who simply doesn't care. And one thing that's becoming very, very clear to me is that the Biden administration simply does not care about the average American for two reasons. Number one, they believe they're well above those you know, the rabble, so to speak. But secondly, they have no clue about how people have to live their lives. They've been living in a higher echelon most of their lives where they don't have to worry about gas prices. They don't have to worry about paying the rent next week. They don't have to worry about electricity prices that are soaring in California. They don't have to worry about any of that stuff because it's provided for them because they're elite. And that gives them the out-of-touch situation that basically allows them to make changes thinking it's not going to hurt anybody. They're completely out of touch. 
Well, I, I I have a car. I just I filled my tank up the other day, and as I said in the beginning here, I I'm not one of these people who is obsessed with the with the cost of a gallon of gas. I'm, I'm always amazed that people freak out when it goes up by a quarter. And I say, well, you know, you got a 12 gallon tank. What's it cost you? A couple bucks, you know? And it goes up and down. And I just it's just not something I worried about. But I when I I actually it caught my attention when it cost me 48 dollars to fill up my uh, 13 gallon tank. Um, and, and, if, and if you're in California and it goes to $8 a gallon, we're talking about people paying $100 to fill up a car like mine. 100 bucks, 95 bucks, something like that. I mean, what, what does that do to the cost of everything else if that happens? It will affect everything else, and it already is. The cost of energy right now is affecting food prices, pharmaceutical prices, production of, of raw mat- uh, conversion of raw materials into goods prices. We're a country driven by energy. Energy is central to our success and to our economy. And when the cost of energy goes up like it's been doing and skyrocketing, that means everything else that we produce and use and consume is going to get more expensive. If everything from eggs to milk all the way up to automobiles or, or other goods and services, washing machines, you name it, everything is, is tied to energy price. And so... We're going to be seeing people that are not going to be able to afford their cost of living here pretty soon because not only that, but because of inflation. Our dollars are going to become less able to buy things, even though prices are soaring. They're just going to be, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be an economic train wreck if Biden passes this, this new, you know, trillion, trillions of dollars plan. It's going to be a mess. So what is it about California that the prices are so much higher? Uh, you know, you got you're talking about a buck to a buck and a half higher than what we're paying here a gallon. Why is that? There's two reasons. Number one, California is taxing people for a gallon of gas far more so than they used to. There's been a, uh, a several tier tax increase on a gallon of gas raised over the past two years. We're paying much, much more in state taxes than we are in federal taxes on a gallon of gas. That's number one. Number two, California emission standards require a special gasoline fuel mix to reduce emissions that is not present in other states. And because it's specific to California and because it's a special blend, it costs more money to produce, which then costs more at the pump. And, um, Everybody knows that Joe Biden's been asking OPEC to increase production now. Why would OPEC do that? Well, because there's money involved. And right now, not only OPEC, we're not only dependent on OPEC like we were in the 70s when we had the first gas crisis that virtually shut down the nation. We're also dependent on Russian imports. We're seeing more and more Russian oil imports happening. And so from my perspective, Biden has sold out America to the Saudis and to the Russians. And what um, what would it take, and how long would it take to reverse this? I mean, how long till we go back, if ever, to two fifty a gallon, at least here in PA? It's a possibility that we can get there, and you got to remember. With the stroke of a pen on January 23rd of 2021, Biden shut down a whole bunch of oil production and energy production things that have been going on under the Trump administration, which gave us energy independence. With the stroke of a pen reversing that, we can be back into the same mode where, you know, it's, it's again, market-driven. The more available oil and other energy sources the less the money or the less the cost is at the simple supply and demand. Supply goes up, cost goes down. So right now, because we're in restricted supplies, everything is much more expensive. So yes, we can get back there and things will reverse, but we gotta have an administration, we gotta have a leader that's got the balls to say, America first. Yeah, well, Anthony Watts, uh, a senior fellow at Heartland Institute, I got a little bit less than a minute left here. Um, these people are going to be in, in charge at least until, well, Biden's going to be there if he doesn't end up playing with blocks between now and then. He, he's going to be there another three years. But we have at least till next January, a year and a, about 16 months from now, 15 months from now, before these people are out of there. So uh, what, what are the chances of any of this being reversed before then? Well, if we end up winning in the midterms and we overturn the majority in the Senate and the House and we go back to, uh, uh, you know, 
not having a Democratic majority. There's a chance there to basically reverse some of those policies. But I think the Biden administration is so full of a noble cause corruption that I discussed earlier that they're going to do this stuff by executive order anyway and simply bypass the will of the people and their elected officials. Well, my, the problem is those people don't take over till January. Even if the Republicans take the House and Senate, that it's next January before they're in charge. It's, you know, that's a year and three months from now. Uh, it's, I know. It's just, that's about the only shot we've got, as far as I can see. Right now, they've, they've got the control, and that control is costing the American public in higher energy prices and higher cost of living and inflation. Well, isn't that wonderful? Anthony Watts, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's Anthony Watts, Heartland Institute, and he's got some bad news for you. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Senator Kirsten Sinema is facing more flack from inside her own party for resisting the Democrats' massive tax and spend bill. A handful of advisors on Sinema's own Veterans Advisory Council have resigned in protest of her stance against key Democrat agenda priorities. The advisors chide Sinema for failing to seek out their input and for allegedly failing to take action on the part of her constituents. Sinema, along with fellow centrist Democrat Joe Manchin, has been key to preventing the Democrats from advancing a $3.5 trillion spending package. She's also resisted calls from within her own caucus to end the filibuster to prevent Republicans from blocking controversial legislation. Bob Agner reporting. A panel for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is meeting. They're discussing who should get extra doses of the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Stocks mix. The Dow is down 99 points, but the Nasdaq ahead 55. This is SRN News. Spend a third of your life in bed. That's why we make the most comfortable sheets in the very best way. I'm Scott Tannen. Eight years ago, my wife Missy and I founded Bowlin Branch to create the new standard in bedding. We source pure organic cotton and put workers' rights first. Today, Bowlin Branch makes the highest quality sheets in the entire industry. You'll feel the difference of our famous signature sheets. They're made from pure organic cotton and get softer with every single wash. Now's the perfect time to try Bowlin Branch sheets, pillows, bath towels, and so much more. Each is made with super soft organic cotton by workers who are paid fairly and have come to feel like family. It's time to make the better choice and get the new standard in bedding. Visit BowlinBranch.com today for free shipping and returns. Experience a new standard of comfort at BowlinBranch.com and take 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code GOLD. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Promo code GOLD. AM 1250, The Answer. Larry Elder presents The Facts. On the next Larry Elder Show, the White House is now rolling out a plan to vaccinate kids as young as five, even though the FDA has not approved the vaccine yet, and even though doctors on the approval panel have expressed concerns about heart inflammation. But that has not stopped the Biden administration. On the next Larry Elder Show. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250, The Answer. Angie's list is now Angie. And caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CH. 
CBS Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We've got some showers happening and some heavy volume for your Thursday rush hour. Outbound Parkway East stacks up Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On the inbound side, very busy between 2nd Avenue and the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West looking pretty typical inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Delay maybe around five minutes there. Now on Birmingham Bridge, you'll see construction down to one lane outbound until 6 p.m. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. We could see a thunderstorm in spots early this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a low of 47. Rather cloudy skies for tomorrow with a shower in the area. Tomorrow will reach a high of 55. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 43. Mostly cloudy skies for Saturday with a brief shower or two. Saturday will see a high of 56. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, there was a legend about W.C. Fields, the comedian uh, from the 30s and 40s, that he had written on his tombstone, uh, on the whole, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not true. I I always thought that was pretty funny, but I, I found out today that it was just a legend. It's not true. But it sure seems like it's better here in western Pennsylvania than it is in Philadelphia right now. Christine Flowers is a columnist for the Delco Times back there and a talk show host in Philadelphia. And she joins us now. Christine, always good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, John. I love you. Love you guys. And um, I'm always very happy to talk to some people outside of of southern Pennsylvania. Well, the latest story coming out of Philadelphia that's being talked about all over the country is the rape on a train uh, with witnesses who did nothing. Uh, Can you give us the details on what happened there? Is that a subway or is it a train? Um, it was, we have something called the L, mm-hmm. the L, um, for, for elevated, which is actually part subway, part um, above ground train. At some points, at some stops, it goes underground in a tunnel, and then at other parts, it'll come out, and you're, you're actually on kind of like a monorail kind of thing, like the T um, in Boston, I think. So, I mean, essentially, and this is a train, John, that I have taken, I wouldn't say every day of my life, but I would say 75% of my commuting time uh, has been on this train. It connects the Philly suburbs with the center, you know, Philly center, Philly proper. And what happened was the other day, um, a woman was raped on the train and it lasted, the incident lasted for eight minutes. Now, if you can imagine that takes you, it takes me to go from my center city Philadelphia office out to a house that I have in the suburbs. It takes about 12 minutes, and that's about a good six or seven mile ride. So eight minutes, this woman was raped for about five stops on this train. And we're talking Um, about raped here, too. We're not talking about assaulted, right? No, no, no. She was raped, right? Yeah. This wasn't sexual assault. This wasn't somebody who dropped his pants and rubbed himself against yeah. her. She was raped. Now, the thing is this. I mean, that's horrific to begin with. And we can, on another show, I'll talk to you about the uh, SEPTA police. SEPTA is Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority, which is the nickname for the trains that we have out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the column that I wrote uh, today about this was about how this was Kitty, like Kitty Genovese 2.0 or 2021. You know, Kitty Genovese was the um, the young New York woman who was essentially knifed to death um, on the steps of her apartment complex. And while there's been a little bit of revisionist history over the past 50-some years, because this happened in 1964, um, the original story was there were about 38 witnesses who heard and did nothing. Now they're saying it's, it's much fewer than 38, but there still were a significant number of people who heard her screams and did not call the police, did nothing. So I analogized what happened on this train to what happened to Kitty Genovese. And essentially, we had a bunch of um, commuters, passengers, who saw, who knew what was happening, 
If they didn't see it directly, they heard it and they knew it. And they didn't call the police. They didn't get their cell phones to call 911. Um, some of them filmed it. And the, you know, ultimately, when the train pulled into the terminus at 69th Street, there were police waiting because a SEPTA worker, a, a, a transit authority worker, called the police and they were able to arrest this guy, who, by the way, is an undocumented alien, you know, to just add a cherry on top of the Sunday of this horror. Um, Today, unfortunately, we seem to be having a counter narrative that's being woven, woven, that's that's being um, created by the district attorney of Delaware County, Jack Stolzheimer, who's actually a pretty good guy. And he really has had the interest of victims at heart. I'd have to say that he's a Democrat, but he's a good Democrat. But today he's acting like a bad Democrat. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, oh, no, no, no. We don't have any video of these passengers filming it. We don't have, um, there's, there's no evidence that these uh, passengers saw what was happening. And his statement, first of all, the first statement about there being no filming is belied by the fact that a film of the rape was actually given to the police department, the Upper Darby Police Department. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, Stolzheimer was quoted as saying, you know, you get on the train, you get off the train, you don't always, uh, you know, pay attention to what's going on. There's no evidence that anybody knew that a rape was occurring. I mean, John, it boggles the mind. You know when a rape is occurring. Well, I saw, you know. I saw someone, some official on, on uh, somewhere on cable news, um, he, he, and he was being interviewed as a, as a, as a, you know, as an official who should know what he's talking about. He said that there's no doubt that people were recording the, this taking place and did nothing about it. So that, and he said it as though he saw video himself of what was going on and could see other people standing there holding their phones and, and recording it. Absolutely, and I, you know, I find it um, very suspicious that this sort of counter narrative is coming out now because because the story went national because it's so horrific because I am hiding my head in shame because I come from the city of my, you know, my, my birth, my childhood, my, my young adulthood, and now my, my dotage. I'll be, I'll be 60 in December. So, I, I mean, I'm hanging my head in shame that I come from a city where this is possible. And not only is it possible, now we have public officials trying to walk it back and saying it didn't happen the way it obviously did happen. And then making excuses, you know, assuming arguendo that it actually did happen, that there was this rape and people saw it, they're trying to do triage and say, well, they, they, maybe they didn't know what they were looking at. Maybe they didn't understand what they were seeing. Just like the people who heard Teddy, uh, Kitty Genovese screaming for her life um, said after they were interviewed, they said, oh, we thought it was a lover's spat. You know, we just thought people were yelling because they had a bad date or something. As a human being, you know in your gut when someone is in peril and in danger. And, you know, I mean, I may sound really worked up about this, and perhaps that's because the day before this rape occurred, I myself was a victim of an assault on that very same train. Thank God not to the level of what happened to this poor woman. I was punched in the back of the head by two young, thuggish kids, who, and, and no one came to my assistance. And thank God. All I did was get, you know, a headache over this. But to, to think that we are so um, bereft of our humanity, we are stripped of that thing that sets us apart from barbaric animals, who, by the way, take care of their own much better than some humans do, is just so depressing and demoralizing. Um, and guess what? Yesterday, or was it today, another rape occurred. On this, it wasn't on the SEPTA train. It was as a woman was walking off of the SEPTA train as they were, um, as she was trying to get to the other side of the tracks. A guy pulled down his pants and, and it tried to rape her. Fortunately, this time, a witness saw it, screamed, and called SEPTA police. So there was a decent human being there today. But this happens regularly, um, John, and it's, you, know, well, you just throw uh, up your hands. As a single woman, I mean, um, are you allowed to carry guns on the trains there? 
What's the law for car- concealed carry in, in Philadelphia? Is there any yeah. problem with that there? No, you're you're allowed to carry a See, gun. I, I would like to have seen someone take out a gun and shoot the guy in the head and kill him in the in the process. That's yeah. that's just me. I mean, oh. that may make me a mean person, but uh, if it would have spared that woman of the experience that she's going to end up living with for the rest of her life, that guy was begging for a bullet in the back of his head after he was told to cut it out, and if he didn't, then shoot him. But um, so, do you carry? Uh, you don't carry a gun. I don't. I don't. And, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, you know, Christine, you need to get a gun. Um, I've had um, law enforcement um, officers and and former law enforcement, retired law enforcement, say that they'd be happy to teach me. I mean, I'm thinking about it at this point. Mm -hmm. I I know how... Uh, uncoordinated I am, and I'm I'm afraid that I would put myself (laughs) in danger and someone else in danger if I was armed. What's happening these days, and I take public transportation, and I am single. I'm not married. I don't travel with anyone. I travel by myself, and I I, I feel that I can take care of myself fairly well, but not... I don't think I can protect myself against a rape or, you know... who wants to do physical harm? Well, I, I'm not a woman, and I, you know, but if I, I would have been, and I don't carry a gun. I've never owned a gun, but you know, I'm very much a Second Amendment guy. Um, I've something. I'm always in fear that something like that is going to happen to me, where I'm going to get two guys are going to try to beat me up and steal my money, and I'm going to wish I had a gun. And and I'm hoping yeah. that I make it through my, the rest of my life without that having happened to me. But at a, at a, when you were after you were assaulted, were you thinking, boy, I wish I could do something about this? I mean, what did you do when these two kids punched, one of them punched you in the back of the head? And what, were they looking to, were they trying to rob you? Or was it just, they felt like it'd be it was, funny to punch you in the head? They thought it was funny to punch punch me in the head. Yeah. Um, they, and I turned around and I, I, I mean, you know, stupid question. I, I looked at them and I said, did you just punch me? And they laughed and they said, no, we didn't do anything. And I pulled out my phone. I said, I'm going to call 911. And they they punched me again and knocked the phone out of my hand. Um, I was actually able to get one of them on film. And I sent the film to, I mean, these are kids, John. These were 14 or 15-year-olds. So I sent, I actually happened to know the principal of the school that they attend because they were wearing the hoodie of the school with, I mean, stupid Stupid. They've not got a, not a the smart move. No. no, and so and they've been expelled. At least one of them was expelled. But um, and today I did I did make a, a report. I spoke with an investigator about it. But I almost I feel sheepish doing that because you know uh, yeah, uh, right after that and then today two women were raped or nearly raped. So I kind of downplay a little bit in my own mind what happened to me. God knows what happens the next time, though. And you got to start but, packing but, you know, some heat. I mean, and this is, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I may have to. But, I mean, the violence is, it's not a fact of life. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't say, oh, this is, this is what happens in the big city. But what angers me even more, John, is the absolute nihilistic, lack of humanity on the part of yeah. these other people. And I don't care. People are saying, well, you know, you're afraid. You don't know what they'll do. I don't give a, a blank about that. You're a human being. You see someone being raped, attacked. You do something. You call the police. You call 911. You don't sit there in your own world. For Lord's sake, who are we? What have we turned into? Yeah, I don't... I, I'm a small guy, but... Um... <laughs> I used to travel with some large people, and uh, I had friends who did my heavy work for me when when trouble would break out. And I can tell you, if they were on a train and that guy was doing that, the guy would be, well, he might not be dead, but he might wish he were if uh, some of my friends would have gotten hold of him. There's no, there's no way on this earth that guys I hung out with would have, and I don't. I think I, I have. I have to. I'd like to think that I would have run at him and tried to tackle him or something, hoping that the other people would see you do it and then join in. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'd carry a gun if I were traveling on the train every day. I definitely would be carrying a gun. And so if something like that happened, I'd put it right next to his temple and tell him that it might be a good idea to stop what he's doing. So I, I don't know why more people don't do that. Um, so. You've always lived in the city of Philadelphia. We only have a couple minutes left here with Christine Flowers of Delco Times uh, in Philly. Um, how how has the city changed? You've been you've been going into the city all your life. How has it changed? It is 
night and day, John. When I was a young um, young adult, just in my um, mid twenties, after I graduated from law school, I would commute into the city to go to my job. Never felt any fear whatsoever, and I would even take the train fairly late at night. You know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Didn't didn't feel afraid at all. Mm-hmm. I would say within the last. 10 years, but particularly under a district attorney that we have. I'm not talking about the one out in Delaware County where this crime yeah. ultimately is going to be prosecuted. I'm talking about Larry Krasner, that I'm sure your listeners know who Larry Krasner is, another Soros baby. Um, Soros poured so much money into our local DA's race and, and essentially elected a man who was a, a, a career defense attorney and has essentially failed to prosecute anyone and anything in the city of Philadelphia. He has, we have the highest homicide rate in the history of the city of Philadelphia in the 200 and something year history of this beautiful, beautiful, benighted, blighted city under Larry Krasner, uh, cracking 400. And we're only in October. So, I mean, we're going to hit 500, no problem whatsoever. Krasner is a disgrace. Krasner is a, an ideologue who has sympathy for criminals because he's always represented criminals and has absolutely no concern whatsoever for the honest, decent, tax-paying individuals in the city of Philadelphia, who, by the way, the vast majority of the victims in the city of Philadelphia are African-Americans who live in the same communities that Larry Krasner is just sending these criminals back into because he's giving them. There's no bail. I mean, it's just it's outrageous. Here's what else he is. A Democrat, and they've been in control there in the city forever and will be forever, so yep. I, I don't see things getting any better, Christine. Always good to have you on the show, though. Appreciate it. Hang in there. Thank you, John. Great but to talk to you. I think you ought to pack some heat, just me. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. I'll let you know. Right. Thank you. Hi, this is John Steigerwald. Does stopping tobacco or cutting down make you feel like a zombie? That's so unnecessary. MyNicotineTest.com was founded by the director of the New York City Fire Department Tobacco Program. Their science-based approach has a quit rate of 70% and they can help you. MyNicotineTest.com uses urine test strips to measure your nicotine levels and direct your quitting success at your pace. Now, for a limited time, receive your expert tobacco coaching free with your nicotine test purchase. MyNicotineTest.com Calm. You can stop without the cravings and cold turkey withdrawals that keep you smoking. It works with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call My Nicotine Test at 1-800-45-SMOKE. That's 1-800-45-SMOKE. Leave a message if all tobacco counselors are busy. Not a smoker? Order a gift card for your loved one. MyNicotineTest.com. There are no failures, only tobacco users that have not yet found MyNicotineTest.com. MyNicotineTest.com. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. 
Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Why are cash out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them the cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Store, corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. License Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, on the subject of cell phones, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms is the mayor of, uh, of Atlanta. She's a Democrat, and there was a shooting in a midtown Atlanta high-rise, killed uh, two people, and uh, this is what the uh, the mayor had to come out and say. This is, ties right in with what uh, Christine Flowers had to put up with. This is from the mayor. Just a reminder to the public to please call 911. Uh, we did, she said this during a news conference, we did start receiving phone calls, but social media received information and has received more information, quite frankly, than we have received through our 911 center. So for us to be able to appropriately respond and assess, we just ask if you can put down your camera, put down your phone, call 911, and then allow us to do what we do. I think I've said here before, if I haven't, I've tweeted it a few hundred times, the uh, fact that most people walking the planet now have a phone that, at least the civilized part of the planet, have a have a device that they carry that allows them to do video recordings and then disseminate them to thousands and, in some cases, millions of people. As it turns out, it might be the worst thing to happen to the to the human race. It may be the end of human civilization. Somebody would take out their phone and record this instead of calling the cops or taking out a gun and shooting somebody. You know, start carrying guns and shoot them with a gun in a situation like that instead of shooting them with your video camera. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.